Most of you probably know that June is Pride Month and it's Pride Month around the world and here in Niagara. The world has changed a lot for the positive over the last decade or so and certainly in recent years. We are now seeing pride flags being raised at all of the municipalities across the regions, at schools. Virtually every business you go to has some recognition of uh, the 2SLGBTQ plus community. I have uh, Enzo DeVides on the show today, and he's the chair of Pride Niagara. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about where we were when he was growing up as a young uh, gay kid, where we are today, and what the hopes are for the future. Hi, Enzo. Thanks for taking some time to uh, talk to me. It's um, Friday before the big weekend in the park, and uh, the show is uh, running on Sunday. And so I'm not going to have a lot of information about the success at the park, but I want to talk about, uh, first, I remember the first Pride in the park, or the first couple, and I'm right down the street from Montebello Park. And so we went up and there were, I don't know, a dozen, maybe a dozen people. And they were there for an hour or hour or two. And then that was it. Right. And now we're looking at a massive day-long uh, celebration and lots of people and booths and, and then some entertainment at night. So tell me a little bit about the progression of, of Pride Niagara and um where we are today when it comes to the involvement and the the feeling of it's okay to be out in Niagara. Right. Well, I think the, the main progression started once all the allies and businesses and organizations saw that we were seriously doing something and that we wanted to follow it through. Uh, the community was always... They were there, but they were unsure. They didn't feel like we, I, I got the impression the vibe was they didn't feel that we should do this in Niagara. Like we should just be grateful that nobody's really bothering us. We, like we don't have a lot, but I mean, just be grateful for what you have and keep it, you know, be quiet. Don't rock the boat. So once the, the allies and the organization started supporting us and they realized that we were being serious with it, we would follow through. We knew what they needed and they knew what we needed. It started spinning. And then all the community just said, okay, so I guess we can do this. And each event and each month and each year, it was more and more people just saying, okay, we can do this. And as new people move to Niagara and students and new people move here to start their lives or build families, they just, uh, they saw that environment was already here. So they just went with it naturally. Why do you think that that so many businesses have uh, started to support pride. I mean, now everywhere you go, it doesn't yeah. matter what business you're going into. There's some version of the pride flag and, and a statement about, you know, we're an inclusive business or everybody is welcome. Why do you think that we got to that place? Um, I in, in Niagara, because Niagara is a small community, right? We're not, yeah. we're not Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. And it's different here. So what works in Toronto may not work here uh, and vice versa. I think because they realize that we actually want things. I, I I always said that like locally, we just didn't ask. We kept saying like we complained a lot because I was one of the complainers. That's why 
Pride started because I was complaining there was nowhere fun to go. We couldn't go to a restaurant. We couldn't go to a club. I couldn't go dancing. I couldn't go on a date. Uh, and I think we were just so conditioned to do that. Once we finally started saying, we're queer, these are our dollars. We want this in exchange. We want to see this. We don't want to just give you whatever for nothing. We don't want to have a bar night on a Tuesday at noon. Um, we don't want to just be content in the restaurant, you know, holding someone's hand under a napkin. We want to, we want to do something and everywhere else you can, like, let's push for it. We, I think we started asking for it and holding people accountable that weren't giving it to us. And then once some big players started doing it, uh, like in St. Catharines, they were really instrumental with the flag raising with us and holding people accountable and saying, we're doing this. What are you doing? And then once that starts happening, you see, it's not even, you see who's doing it. You see who's not doing it. And then right. they, get, they get caught, right? Right, right. This So this past week, you raised flags at all 12 municipalities yes. and the region. Is that the yes. first time that everybody is, all of the municipalities yes. have been involved? Second time. COVID was a real kick in the pants to make sure everybody got involved because everybody was at home on their keyboards. Right. So right. we could hold everyone accountable, even the people that don't feel comfortable doing it in public. They were they were like typing away. I remember when I moved here um, 20 odd years ago, uh, there was, as far as I know, one bar in all of Niagara when you're talking about places to go. And it was on Queenston and the whole front of it was mirrored. And I looked at it and I said, that's the scariest place I've ever seen. I'm not going in there under any right. circumstances, because you think you look at it and you think like there must be a biker gang in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? So there really there really, really was nowhere to go. Let's talk about you a bit personally, because I we, we do need to address what's happening now where it, it seems like we were making you know, the gay community was making such strides forward. And in some ways now it's being pushed back. So while we, on the one side, we have a lot of public support and a lot of support from allied businesses and, and uh, governments and churches, school boards, by and large, what was it like uh, you went through, a, you uh, grew up and, and went to Catholic school. Yes. And um, what was it like for you as a young gay boy Growing up, and I'm guessing not really being able to feel like you're, you're yourself. It was very odd, especially uh, like I'm in a big family. Um, Catholic, but we are like church based, and my mother is very church, and she's there every day. The good aspect of for, for my mom that way, she is just the overall concept, like the good part of church. So that that was always there with her and with us, but school wise. There was, there were just absolutely nothing like Catholic school from the uniforms to the procedures to only talking about that one religion. And I remember when they started doing world religion um, and it was nothing like there was no, there was nothing that would really make you feel, oh, you could see somebody else. Like they definitely didn't talk about anything indigenous wise. So there's no two spirited. Um, they didn't talk about anything and it was just, this is wrong. Point blank. It wasn't an open just conversation. So I remember actually going to a school, the one memory that sticks in my head so badly from high school, we were going to, um, you know, the musicals trips that they go on with school. 
And our chaplain said to my friend right beside me, because you get to wear whatever you want that day. So my chaplain said to my friend right beside me, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't go to Toronto dressed like an uh, F word referring to me. Wow. And I, I, was I just, can't even imagine that. Yeah. I was like, just like flabbergasted really, because I, I knew I was gay. Like I, but I, at the same time, I don't know if it makes sense. I knew I was gay, but I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, who so wants to, who wants to be gay in in high school, right? And even in pre the last like five or six years. And I should say, I pointed out that you went to a Catholic school. The the public schools were were as bad. There was no recognition in the public school right. system when when certainly when when I was going to school and I I you know in my family. Um, and and I didn't really identify when I was younger. I really didn't. I was I was in my early thirties before my my brain could really cope with um, with my sexuality, and that was uh, I think part of me growing up. I found it very difficult yeah. to to come out. It was a very personal thing for me, and uh, within close relationships, I'm sure that was there was some sort of a a, a stress on your mental health. Yeah, most definitely. And I feel like a big thing that I think changed now from, from then when people were supporting then or trying to be an ally, then they would, they would stand up for you, but it would be almost in an odd way. Like it would make you feel so victimized at the same time as if like, uh, you know, that's okay. That I, I remember the whole, like, um, just, just what you do in your bedroom. We're no different. This, you're just a regular person that happens to do that. It's like, no, I am different. Like there is more than just the sex part of it. Like there's a whole culture, there's a whole heritage, there's a whole struggle, there's a whole history. And I struggled with that a lot when people were like, oh, you're, just, you know, there's, you're no different from everyone else. You're just that. It's like, no, I am. And I think that's a huge change now with the allies. They're actually listening and then saying, how do you need support and attempting to support that way and celebrating differences before it was like, you're no different. And I am. So I struggled with that so much because they would say that and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. But meanwhile, I'm like, yes, I am. I was so different from you. Yeah. And I mean, and for, for a lot of people, that was their way of trying to say, I accept you, but the, right. but the, and, and in all fairness, that was just a lack of understanding because if you're not gay, you don't get it. You don't get it. Right? And you don't get it. Time. Yeah. But I think the important thing now is if you said 10 years ago, I don't get it, that would be taken as something that's negative, right? Right. But now if you say, I don't get it, but I but I accept it, I understand that you're gay, and that's okay. Right. Right. I mean, so that brings us to where we are today in the world. And uh uh a little while ago, I um, interviewed Ali Hughes, who's a transgender man, and uh, we talked a little bit about what it was like, because that's a big step, right? That's, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're changing actually your gender, and that's very hard for people to understand. And I think that we were making some strides with that, and then we got to where we are today, where I think that the that the focus on transgender 
um, they're grooming people and this is unnatural and we can't have bathrooms and you can't do this and you can't do that, which has happened in the States. And as people say, oh, it's coming to Canada. No, it's here. It's in Canada. I feel like that's an attack on the entire LGBTQ plus community. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, when hate comes in like that, when they start targeting, they may look for the most vulnerable link that they see and um, where they can get the most hate for. And I just feel like it's easier for them to wrangle the most hate to attack our trans families. Like that's that's where it is. But it just starts with there. And once they get the one aspect, they're just gonna, they're not going to just take them. They're taking everyone. That's the point. Right. Does it does it make you feel that you personally are now being put a step backwards and that there that people are I don't even know how to put this um, not being as hey Enzo you're Enzo right yeah. I don't care about the rest of your life you're Enzo I love you that's the way it is yeah and you know for me in niagara I, I i feel like that all the time but now is more because I, I we were talking about that the other day um how to separate like when you're in a smaller area how to separate because i know to many people i'm the gay guy like right. I, like i know they're like oh that's the gay guy that's the gay and i know it's that before anything else about me i like i get that um, so I try to use that and empower myself with it to do something good with it. So I know it's because I also do drag. So now it's that. And my name is Enzo. So there's already some that the one. I often think to myself jokingly because people are like, are you the Enzo that? Um, and it's gay, drag, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like, I wonder what the other Enzo kicking around Niagara. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say, what other Enzo are they talking about that you could, you could possibly be? Right. Um, there must be another one. So they probably like, are you the Enzo that's gay, that does drag, that just says, no, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't know whether to call you Enzo or Empress Silva. I mean, it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's all very confusing, Enzo. Very confusing. Exactly. Before we get to that, because you're phenomenal, you and Macy Manolo, your drag partner. What and what I've been sensing. So I don't have kids. But when I'm talking to my friends who have kids who are in elementary school and high school, and so many of them are saying to me now, my child is questioning their gender or my child is transgender or my child is pansexual or, and I understand people out there who are listening are probably asking me, well, what do all of those things mean? And that's, right. that's something that the community has to start to help people understand. But it seems to me like this was not happening a few years ago. And so these kids because one of the things that comes up all the time when I'm talking to parents and I'm talking to people in Pride and other organizations like out Niagara, safety. Right. Safety is the big thing. So clearly these kids are feeling emotionally safe enough and physically safe enough to start talking about it. Right. Now, all of a sudden, we're hearing a lot of these children are being groomed and this is being done to them. How do you think that that's affecting that mental health of children who have taken as a young person uh, an unbelievable step 
Yeah, it almost feels like it almost feels like they were set up like, you know, like a sabotage because they started coming out, feeling more comfortable, coming out with their feelings, talking about their gender expression, their journeys and what they're feeling and what they're thinking. And then now the political climate just all of a sudden said, aha, so there you are. Now, we don't want this. You can't do this. You can't do that. This is wrong. It just I can't um, imagine because I know we get those groomer comments constantly. We get the all the implications of like, you're trying to do this to children. That's not fun. People just can't seem to separate sex and parts separately from gender. And I don't know why it's so grass. I I remember growing up, like some of my best friends and to this day are like my chosen family and best friends are trans. And I remember back in the day, um, it was so, the conversation was so, parts and surgery like you have to do that because if you're trans and well then this is it got to get you this this is what's done or you're not and thankfully that has changed so much that you don't have to do that how you express yourself is how you express yourself it doesn't mean it's not it's not your parts and it's not surgery so i think that's why so many people felt more comfortable about saying oh well okay then i identify as gender fluid or identify identify as trans because I don't have to do all these things that society said I had to do. So they felt so much more comfortable. I think that's why we have so many more people saying like relating and being honest and truthful. But unfortunately, the, those haters are coming and attacking saying, what are you doing? We don't understand your terms. We don't understand these. How can you be this? And how can you be that? How can you be these two things? And this is just wrong. This is just wrong. Haven't we done enough? And I don't know about you, but every time I have a discussion about it, someone on the opposite side says something stupid like, well, then I identify as a tree or, <laughs> or then oh, I need, then I'm a cat and I need a litter box or something stupid like that. As if there's a connection between the two or one makes the other one relevant or no, yeah. not relevant. Yeah. Well, if you want to be a tree and identify a tree, go right ahead. Yeah. Right? Girl, be a tree. I mean, I don't know what it, I don't understand that, but go right ahead. That's your yeah. right to feel like a tree. And in in the cat thing in the litter box was not even true. No, and as far as I like, that was just put out there to say, oh, this is this is going too far. Being transgender is very very hard for for um, people who are cisgender, being what we used to call straight. Right, it is hard to understand, and I understand what you're saying about the parts because I used to think that as well. Like, why would you bother if it didn't involve sex? Right. And then I've come to learn and to understand that just like at the molecular level, you and that's what is that that's what determines, right? Exactly. Who you are. It's all of the biology and the in the in the DNA and the whatever else it's born you're born with. And to say that we're all the same, you can't say that, right? So right. um you're a drag queen. Awesome. Thanks. You and uh, and your partner, Macy Manola, you fill restaurants around Niagara all the time. It's even hard to get tickets to go and see you guys because you're so talented. You're so funny. It's it's just such a fun way to, you know, to go to drag it to brunch on Sunday. Thanks. But you faced one of those situations where you had people coming from outside of Niagara. This is the other part that kills me. They're coming from Peterborough and all over the place to stand in front of. And the one that 
that happened uh, a while ago was at the um, vegan hippie chick uh, in Welland. And all of these people are out there screaming, you're grooming our kids. Well, it's not like you're doing a, you know, like come in here, kids, we're going to close the door and we're not going to let you out until, until you're whatever, like question. Right. Yeah. You know? I, I just, it was insane. Like the, the things they were screaming and yelling and it, it it's triggering people and it's just gaslighting because they'll say they're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing that. And some of the things they're saying are, you know, provoke you to think like, wow, are they, are they, are they really doing that? I guess that would be bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it's the kids. Don't you care about kids? It's our kids, our kids, our kids. It's like, I understand. That's not happening, what you're saying. And like all forms of entertainment, there are some that are all artists. They have acts that are geared to adults and they have acts that are geared to family completely or geared to just children. It's a brunch. Um, and I think it was during the holiday. Like, yeah, it was around the Christmas time, like in the mm -hmm. holidays. So like it was Mariah Carey ultimately. <laughs> But they were just so adamant that this is happening and they're teaching our children that they can they can make up their own minds. Their big thing was they don't have any problem with gay people, what they say, or the transgendered. So they make it a past tense, which is a whole separate craziness. But they don't want their children to know about it until they're old enough to make their own decision. How does... That doesn't make sense. So if you're walking, if you're taking your child to school or the grocery store and they see someone who they think would be gay or trans or anything different from them, what do you tell them? They don't exist. We can't talk about them. You wait till you're 18 to learn about them. That, But let, let me tell them about the Easter bunny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, your, and, and that, you know, and there's drag story time as well, which is coming under fire because those are yes. kids in, in libraries where you're just teaching them that people are people. Right. And well, parents are bringing their children. We're not walking around collecting children. Their parents are bringing their children who want to educate their children and teach their children. And they're using this as an instrument to get the conversation started. Where do people go to find the kind of information that, that you have available? Um, after the park, we have all the, um, all our photos and all the information that of all the people that participated, we'll have all their links and all their things on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks, Enzo. Um, again, thank you for all of the work that, that uh, you've done to really create a community for not only for uh, the 2SLGBTQ plus people, but everybody and bringing everybody in Niagara and some awareness um, to Niagara and creating a safer place for, for everyone. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being a part of that and making that happen too.